JC Corcoran Podcast. Here's another slogan you run into all the time. God bless America. Once again, respectfully, I say to myself, what the f*** does that mean? God bless America? Is that a request? Is that a demand? Is that a suggestion? Politicians say it at the end of every speech, as if it were some sort of verbal tick that they can't get rid of. God bless you and God bless America. God bless you and God bless America. I guess they figure if they leave it out, someone's going to think they're bad Americans. Let me tell you a little secret about God, folks. God does not give a flying fuck about America, okay? He doesn't care. He never cared about this country. He never has, he never will. He doesn't care about this country any more than he cares about Mongolia, Transylvania, Pittsburgh, the Suez Canal, or the North Pole. He simply doesn't care, okay? He doesn't care. Listen, there are 200 countries in the world now. Do these people honestly think that God is sitting around picking out his favorites? Why would he do that? Why would God have a favorite country? And why would it be America out of all the countries? Because we have the most money? Because he likes our national anthem? Maybe it's because he heard we have 18 delicious flavors of classic rice-a-roni. It's delusional thinking. It's delusional thinking. And Americans are not alone with these sort of delusions. Military cemeteries around the world are packed with brainwashed, dead soldiers who are convinced God was on their side. America prays for God to destroy our enemies. Our enemies pray for God to destroy us. Somebody's going to be disappointed. <laughs> Somebody's wasting their f***ing time. Could it be everyone? No, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like It is Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. You are at jconthewine.com. How you doing, kids? I'm going to do my best to try to give you a full 30 minutes here today. I have no idea what's going to happen because I still am having these throat issues and I'm just literally hoarse at the end of the radio show at 10 o'clock every day. And, you know, just like this. And I don't think anybody wants to hear that. I don't want to hear it. And also, I it, it, it hurts to try to talk. Now, it doesn't hurt now, but as I get towards the end, we'll see how we're doing. But we'll try to give you the full 30 today and see what happens. That George Carlin thing, by the way, a little uh, snapshot, a little preview of what you'll get on tomorrow's podcast, which will be the last one we're going to have until Wednesday of next week, because me, like everybody else, I'm going to take a little time off. And uh, that time off is uh, one of these weird things that happens in this country. You know, when you develop a relationship or if you have a friend who moves overseas and they start telling you what life is like over there compared to America, and this isn't one of these things where you sit there and go, oh my God, America's so bad. I'm just saying that there are things about this country where you do scratch your head and you go, how the hell did that ever start? And in this particular case, I think pretty much everybody can figure it out because people are terrified of losing their job. So even though we know 
how uh, great it is. And even the employers know this too. The corporate guys, they all understand how important it is for their employees to have time off to recreate, to rest, to just, you know, get away from the job. It is so refreshing. And, you know, it's the old saying, it's like, you know, you can be so busy chopping wood, you haven't even checked to see if the axe is sharp. Well, time off sharpens the axe. But we have this weird thing in this country where, unlike European countries, where, you know, they got an amazing amount of time off. And by the way, it's a regular thing. You know, I have a friend who moved to Spain. Well, actually, Ken Hensley from Uriah Heap, who spent a lot of time living in St. Louis back in the 80s and 90s, and who was one of the guys who played with the brain-damaged media dorks when we did the Food and Cash Salvation Bash every year. Uh, he was living on the eastern coast of Spain. And I have a friend who lives about an hour and a half in Barcelona. She's from Creve Corps. And, you know, you start talking and you find out how different life is over there. And America can be, America can be better. You know, anything can be better. I can be better. You can be better. Countries can be better. And in this particular case, it's one of those situations where you say, why isn't America better on this one thing, which is time off and time off on a regular basis? Because, you know, there are people who laugh and say, well, you know, we have a holiday in almost every month. I think there's a holiday in every month, but June, I think maybe it's August. Yeah, I think it's August because I think even in June we have, what is it, Father's Day and the Mother's Day is in May. August. I think August is the only uh, month we have that does not have some sort of national holiday or at least some sort of recognized holiday. Over in Spain, you know, they've got all sorts of things that are happening that give people time off work on a regular basis and not just like one day here or there. And I really feel bad for people in essential services who it seems never get any time off. They don't, uh, you know, even the people in the grocery stores and stuff like that, you know, it's like it just seems like they're always working. Everybody else has time off. You have time off. Oh, we've got some uh, we got some days off here. Let's uh, take advantage of that time off and go to the store. Well, somebody's at the store. Somebody's working. Somebody who probably should have the time off doesn't. And I feel real bad for those people. And some people say, well, they made a choice. That was the career they chose. And that's that. And that's a, you know, and that's not untrue. It's just sort of a cold and harsh way of looking at things. We all know you do better and you get recharged and you even maybe start looking forward to going back to work because you miss your fellow employees. That's less true these days now that you have so fewer people working from home and you know, there's all this corporate move now to try to get people back into the office. But I'm just saying it's, it's you know, I have family members who at the end of the year have not taken all of their vacation time. I was guilty of that for years, and I don't do that anymore. If I got time off, I take the time off. Maybe not even as much as I probably could, but I do take time off from time to time, and I should probably take more, and I hope that you're in a position to do so as well. But like I was saying, people are terrified. They're afraid that they are going to come back from a vacation, and all of their stuff is going to be in a box, 
and they're going to say, you know, we uh, realized while you were gone that we uh, could consolidate this and Bob over there could do this job and Tom could do that and Marjorie over here could do that. And uh, so we're consolidating and we managed to, uh, you know, because then they get points. They can go to their superiors and say, hey, we just cut a job or two here. We figured out we could consolidate. And they that's seen as progress that's seen as managerial skill to be able to do that and you know you get what you pay for and by the way is that prevalent in this business because all you have to do is go up and down the dial on the radio or even tv is like that too and you know they hold on to a couple of key people the mandy murphy's of the world the mike bush's of the world and uh, and they pay them reasonably well and they're treated reasonably well and basically, everybody else gets thrown in the shitter. You get lousy money. You're not treated as well as the superstars. And uh, it shouldn't be that way. But again, it's one of those things that, I don't know, maybe someday somebody will work on it. There's nobody to blame for the air quality today. Oh, you can say, well, it's Canada's fault. Well, but they didn't do anything. It's not like they said, let's uh, start some forest fires and uh, turn on some fans and see if we can blow it towards America. This is one of those things where there's just nobody to blame. You know, you're going to have uh, careless campers. You're going to have lightning strikes in dry conditions. Some of that stuff is uh, being exacerbated by the issue of climate change. I was just thinking about that this morning for some reason. I don't know. Somebody said something, and I was thinking about this. There was this uh, Senator James Imhoff who was from Oklahoma. And this is the guy you may remember about, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. This guy stood on the floor of the United States Congress and held up a snowball and said, I just got this from outside. It's a snowball. So how can you have global warming when there's a snowball? See? So it's a hoax. And it's like, <laughs> where do you even start explaining to somebody like that the flaws in their lo logic and the stupidity of a statement like that? And he used to do that stuff all the time because the Oklahoma and, and again, having lived in Texas, you know, you, you can see all the congressmen and senators that are bought in, and sold in uh, oil and gas territory. It's a completely different culture down there. And so you have people doing that all the time. But so, you know, and, and the worst thing that ever happened, because a guy like Karl Rove will tell you this, the Republican strategist who has a brilliant mind. Unfortunately, it's like that scene in all of the monster and science fiction movies back in the 50s and 60s, you know, where the scientist says, please tell me you'll use your special powers only for good and not evil. And some people make the choice. No, I'm going to do evil. Evil's more fun, and it makes me more money. So you have these uh, situations where you have these uh, uh, politicians who are bought and sold. And, you know, but, but, you know, going back to the whole thing about what you name something, they say, what's in a name? Well, there's a lot in a name, especially when it comes to political issues. And in this particular case, whoever came up with the idea of global warming, and it might have been Al Gore, by the way, who I think did a lot of good, but also messed that part up. If that's where it came from, and I don't know, maybe I'm tagging Al Gore with this uh, unjustifiably, I don't know, but I have to look that up. Wherever it came from, the idea of global warming, 
That was the problem because then every time it got cold, people could say, see, it's a hoax, global warming. Uh, 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 uh. I had people do that at uh, like gas stations. You're standing around and there's like five or six people all pumping gas. And by the way, I did a story today on the radio show. Let me see if I can find this right now. Uh, yeah, in the state of Oregon, they just stopped their 72-year ban on pumping your own gas which now leaves New Jersey as the only remaining full-service state. You go to New Jersey, you can't pump your own gas. they got to have a guy come out and run out and do it for you. Uh, yeah, you wonder how something like that ever got started and continues to this day. But hey, uh, going back to that nickname thing, so you know it always should have been called climate change because what you're doing is you're giving the opposition ammunition to use against you. Because they can do stuff like stand there with a snowball and go, eh, 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 global warming, how can this be? You're a snowball in your head. And uh, it's like when Carl Rove said, well, you know, we're getting all this blowback from people who don't like millionaires. They don't like millionaires, corporate people. So we are going to start calling those people, you know, with a negative connotation, we're going to start calling them job creators how can you hate that somebody's creating jobs for people for your friends and your family and for you job creators isn't that wonderful it's the same people we just started giving them a different name and carl rove was responsible for that and there were lots of things like that within the republican party and within republican politics where they have this figured out and what you call something is really important. I mean, we know that, uh, you know, applying it to our industry and radio stations, you know, what you say between the songs, you know, the little slogans that people have, they're, they're called breakers and sweepers and stuff like that in the radio business. And it's like when the arch came on the air, what, 20 years ago and successfully convinced people in St. Louis who were smart enough to know otherwise, but fell for it like a ton of bricks. They successfully convinced people that the Arch was some sort of like pirate radio station. We do whatever we want. We play whatever we want. We don't have any corporate people. We're just, you know, it's sort of like they're, you know, out on the Mississippi River floating around <laughs> on a pirate boat putting out the signal. And people believed that they bought it hook, line, and sinker. Well, that radio station was and continues to be owned by one of the largest broadcast corporations in America. And they do have corporate control. And they do have master playlists. And they don't play whatever they want. But they said they did. And they said it enough times and people believed it. That's what Donald Trump has been saying for years now. It's like, make the message simple and say it over and over and over and over and over again. And eventually, people will start to believe it. And there's a lot of people who have an attack of conscience and say, well, I could do that, and I could convince people that I'm something that I'm not, but I just I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I couldn't sleep at night. If I did that, I have to be more honest. Well, there's a lot of people who aren't the least bit honest, and, and they just don't worry about stuff like that. So back to the Canadian uh, wildfires here, there's chance here and there of a little shower, thunderstorm, whatever. But if we don't get that and the wind doesn't shift, I don't know how many more days we're going to be dealing with this. And again, this is not uh, pertinent for people who are you know, relatively healthy and young and stuff like that. But for people who have breathing problems 
And, you know, there's a lot of people who develop things like asthma early on. They're born with it, basically, with asthma. And, uh, you know, my daughter has a little asthma problem here and there. And it's probably not a good idea for her to breathe a lot of this air. It's just not good for her. And then when you give it to older people in this country, we like to forget that there are old people. It's That's even changing in um, Oriental and, you know, other Asian countries where it used to be. I remember when I was a kid, we were always taught that uh, in Asian countries, uh, the the elders, the people, the older people are are revered, and they are uh, children, young adults are taught to respect the elders and to believe what they say and to listen to them and to pay attention and uh, see if you can absorb any of their wisdom. And it's my understanding that that's changing over there now too, where they're getting sort of tired of looking at old people, and uh, things are switching towards a more youthful viewpoint and it's a shame to hear see things like that happening but it's the way of the world anyhow stray shower thunderstorm but the, the big story is going to be the heat because you're talking 100 uh, tomorrow and again on friday and looking ahead to the holiday weekend which pretty much everybody is temperatures in the low to mid 90s and uh, that ever-present chance of a late afternoon or early evening shower or thunderstorm it just sort of happens a lot of people will be listening to music in outdoor venues and going to, uh, you know, fireworks shows and stuff like that. A lot of people, I was very surprised to see this, not living full time and say, look, you should come back and you start reading all this blowback. People are like, no, 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 no. We love fireworks because look, fireworks and St. Louis sort of go together. <laughs> you know, people aren't, they just love fireworks. Well, I mean, everybody loves it, but you know, having lived around the country, people around here really like their fireworks. They're really, really serious about their fireworks. And when you have people saying, no, 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 we shouldn't have any fireworks right now because of the drought. I mean, you're going to set the entire place on fire. We're already dealing with the stuff coming in from Canada. No, it's too dangerous. I was really surprised to see this, but a moment of sobriety being uh, exhibited by people who actually think about this stuff. You know, I don't know about this. You know, I got you know, my lawn is drying up, and the last thing I need is some sparklers or some cherry bombs or some other stuff landing in my yard or on my roof or something setting the place on fire. There have been people. You know, sometimes you see people standing with a hose out in front of their house trying to battle stuff like this. But again, the big heat and, uh, oh yeah. And I was mentioning Brian Adams and Joan Jett enterprise center Saturday night, obviously indoors. So yeah, that goes, it was on this date in 1997. Well, speaking of vacation time, here's what happened. Steve Schlanger, the sports monster. And, and I don't really know what to say about him. And I don't mean to knock him at all because he's a very, very talented guy. And I like having Schlanger around, but, I mean, the truth of the situation, and I don't know that I've ever really talked about this publicly on the podcast or the radio show or elsewhere, but when that radio show ended back in whatever year it was when we were on Clue and the reinvention of KSD and stuff like that, but anyhow, we, we did the show all together. It was me and Karen Kelly, Brian McKenna, Steve Schlanger, uh, we had uh, John Brown, who was uh, working at Channel 2 at the time, but he was uh, doubling as our traffic guy. And so we, it was a good show. You know, we had the famous, for all the wrong reasons, the famous uh, show on 9-11, which people still talk to me about. They said, you know, we just can't believe the job that you guys did when you're on the air for eight and a half hours straight 
telling us everything that was going on. It's not like things are now where you can pretty much get anything you want on your phone, including CNN or Fox News or whatever. Back in those days, if you wanted to know what was going on, you didn't have a TV in front of you. You had to have radio, and we were doing the best we could. Luckily, they had a full cable subscription, so a lot of what we did that day was just me punching around with a remote control trying to see who was saying what and at what time and what coverage we could get and what information we could get. And obviously the videos of the planes hitting and the, and the buildings coming down and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, and Schlanger was, uh, you know, part of that show that day or actually, as I'm thinking about that, was he, he might've already been gone. Well, anyhow, it's neither there nor there. You know, Schlanger did the show with us for a, a lot of years. So one year I'm uh, I'm on vacation. And when I get back, everybody's sort of laughing at even the people calling on the phone were saying, like, oh, man. And apparently Schlanger was just having some fun and he was, uh, you know, roasting me in my absence. <laughs> he knew better than to do it when I was actually in the studio sitting three feet from him. So he waited for me to be gone. And then he was really tagging me while I was gone. And it was fun. It was all in fun. Right. So I come back and found out that uh, maybe it wasn't in as much fun as I thought. And he was really, apparently really going hard on me. Well, every year they, uh, I don't know if they still do this. There's this organization called Kudo kids under 21. And they had uh, all sorts of uh, activities for, you know, teenagers. And just, you know, if you're under 21, because, you know, kids that age have a lot to battle, not only these days, but always, they always had, you know, tough time sort of fitting in somewhere and uh, just sort of developing as an individual, as a young adult and a good organization. And one of the things that they did every year is that somehow they had an arrangement with Bush stadium and they would allow uh, a baseball game to be played on the field at Bush stadium, which is a incredible treat. It's just so exciting to be out there. And so I said to Schlanger, I said, all right, fine. Because he was calling me the old man. Well, the old man this and the old man that. And I said, okay, fine. At the kids under 21 game, which we were, I think we were already going to be there doing something in terms of promotion and just general support. Um, at that kudo game, we're going to just stop the game or before the game starts or after the game or whatever. But at some point, there's going to be a break. And I'm getting on the pitcher's mount, and you're getting a helmet and a bat, and you're going to get in the batter's box, and I'm going to pitch to you, and you are not going to hit the ball out of the infield. Well, you know, now the chatter goes back and forth. And again, I should have been more clear about it because, as you'll hear in this thing, I should have been, I should have been more clear and said, you know, like a line drive or even a ground ball or just something that goes into the outfield. You won't be able to do that. And we chirped at each other for a week or two leading up to the game and I managed to get Bob Ramsey and Al Raboski together you can hear Guy Phillips on the public address system up in the booth and it was Schlanger the sports monster and it was me on the mound and it was Bob and it was Al and it happened on this date in 1997 26 years ago today Welcome to Bush Memorial Stadium. Bob Ramsey and Al Roboski for the showdown of the century, Al. J.C. Corcoran against the upstart, Steve Schlanger. Well, I really don't think it's much of a contest here because this is a young punk kid. Look at look at these 
whatever you call these baggy shorts that, you know, he had to put a, a batting glove in the back just so it looked like he had a rear end. It's weak, I'll tell you that. Corcoran's ready, toes the rubber. Roxon fires the first pitch. Breaking ball just a little bit high. Oh, come on up. Come on up. Let's go. Come on. You got to think of this old man out on the mound. It's hot out here. And the old man. Swing oh. and a miss. Strike one. He threw the deuce in. The knees buckled. You know Nothing left. At least Langer can say, that's what kept me out of the big leagues, the breaking ball. But looking at his intent to swing, it's the fastball, too. Popped it up. Boy, oh, boy. You pay this kid back to the infield. That'll be a dead ball. Slanger, I bet you even want that one, huh? Just quit off, get off your knees, quit begging, you little punk. You little punk. Al Roboski, he's not the best in the business well, for nothing. He's about 16 years old, isn't he? <laughs> one, one pitch. Corcoran's ready. No, he shakes him off. Now he's ready again. Now he shakes him off again. Now he's ready again. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike two. Well, he can't hit a breaking ball. Now he can't hit a fastball. That wouldn't be a good golf stance. He's ready. Corcoran rocks and fires for the strikeout. Oh, he dropped one in the dirt for a Slang. ball. Two and two. Hey, Slanger's so weak, I bet if he fell down, he'd miss the ground. The shorts are pretty, however. Pretty in pink. Here's the pitch from Corcoran. Fly ball left field. Would be caught. Dead ball. Two balls, two strikes. Come, come to Steve think. Schlanger. Come to think, this isn't really a very fair because, you know, J.C. is a Cub fan. Here's the pitch. Up high, full count. Notice, notice after that ball up and in, you see a little brown start, spot starting to form in the rear of those pink shorts. They're going to call that a ball. One more strike for Schlanger. Corcoran's ready. He nods and pitches. Curveball just a little inside. You know, I think there's a wet spot on the front of his shorts as well, Al. Last pitch of the contest. Last pitch because J.C.'s arm's falling off. Swing and a miss. Hey, struck him out. J.C. Corcoran, your thoughts? Uh, the control wasn't where you wanted it, but when you did get over the plate, uh, you looked like you were fairly effective. When I got it over the plate, Schlanger wasn't anywhere near it. We had a pop-up to the second baseman and a pop-up to no, 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 a pop-up no, no, no. that had it been, no. if there had been runners on base, it would have been the infield fly rule, okay? Steve Schlanger, Steve Pretty and Pink Schlanger, uh, your thoughts today? Well, Bob, first of all, I have to say normally I don't talk to the media, but I'm making an exception this evening. If we're in any other ballpark, let's say Coors Field in the high altitude of Denver, that one to left field is gone and in the mountains. However, I battled the humidity. I'm just happy to be here. I'm going to take it one day at a time, and the good Lord willing, things will work out. He had trouble with the humidity in the shower before the game. <laughs> Folks, obviously Don King's running this deal because there will be a rematch from Bush Stadium, Bob Ramsey. Oh, man. Oh, man. How much fun. How much fun. All right, birthdays today, Elon Musk, 52, John Cusack. It was just in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago doing that thing over at uh, the Tivoli Theater, 57. Mary Stewart Masterson, remember her? The blonde from Better Roses, Fried Green Tomatoes, uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, Benny and June. She's 57. John Elway, the other slow white Bronco, if you can remember that from the OJ days, 63. <laughs> Kathy Bates, 75. God, she was good in misery. Mel Brooks, 97. Supreme Court overturned Muhammad Ali's draft-dodging conviction for his refusing to fight in Vietnam. That was on this date in 1971, 52 years ago, and George Carlin checked in on that one. And the big fight is coming up. 
Ali and Frazier, Muhammad Ali. I call him Muhammad Ali because that's what he wants. Oh, yeah, he's a big dude and he hits hard, you know. I'll call him what he wants. But uh, it's good that he's being allowed to work again. As you know, he couldn't work for three years. Uh, of course, he had a strange job beating people up. But that was his, you know, his right. He could have that job. Government wanted him to change jobs. Government wanted him to kill people. He thought it over and he said, no, that's where I draw the line. Uh, I'll beat him up, but I don't want to kill him. And the government told him, well, if you won't kill him, we won't let you beat him up. Uh, and it was all because he didn't want to go to Vietnam. And now we're getting out of Vietnam through Laos and Cambodia. That's got to be the long way. You've got to go through China and Russia to get out that way. What are we going to tell them? We'll only be here a short time. We're just looking for a trail. Well, maybe they'll go for it. I don't know. Of course, we're only there in Southeast Asia for one reason, to free the people so they can have industry. Isn't that what we do everywhere, I think? We kind of free people and then lay a little industry on them so they can have all the benefits of industry that we have. <coughs> Oh, beautiful for smoggy skies, insecticided grain, for strip-mined mountains, majesty above the asphalt plain. America, America, man sheds his waste on thee and hides the pines with billboard signs from sea to oily sea. The master strikes again. On this day 25 years ago, during their much-anticipated rematch for the heavyweight title, Mike Tyson got hungry in the middle of the fight and said, that ear is looking pretty good on Vander Holyfield. It's a particularly uh, juicy-looking ear, I think. <clears throat> and he bit it. By the way, he didn't get uh, disqualified for biting the ear. He got disqualified for biting it a second time. I was interviewing Vander Holyfield at the Galleria a couple of years after that, and you're talking to him, and it's really hard not to stare at the ear. It's really hard not to do that. And one that I will never understand why this guy was ever famous in the first place, died 14 years ago, just three weeks shy of his 51st birthday in 2009. Billy Mays died on this date in 2009. We saw the new Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise, Last night, we will uh, do that when we come back after the break, after the 4th of July. That doesn't open until something like July 12th or something like that. So uh, we'll uh, we'll deal with that later. And tonight, we'll see the new Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. That movie opens on Friday. We'll try to turn that around for you as early as tomorrow. So that's pretty much where things go. The voice held out. Good for me. And... Uh, Please spread the word. Let everybody know that we're here doing the podcast. And, of course, the radio show is on 101.5 in St. Louis and 101.7 West and Beyond. You can also stream it at kwolf.com with a U. That's kwolf, W-U-L-F, kwolf.com. Every morning, 530 to 10, Rocket Americana. And then, of course, here at the podcast, we make it as simple as possible. You click and it plays. And if you tell people that, maybe they are inclined to to uh, check it out. Happy 73rd birthday to my buddy Tom Schwarz, who not only has been doing a soccer show on 590 The Fan for, God, it's got to be like 25 years now, along with his buddy Ted Williams and the rest of the crew over there at 590, but also is a great pal of mine. Happy birthday to Tomas 
And we'll talk to you again in the morning. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.